Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Christy and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 6th. Today we are reading from the big book and we are at page 58, top of the page, um, rarely have we seen. Today's readers are Paula, Eddie, Marcia, and Katie. The reference number for Monday, November 5th, is 3276. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lois to read the 12 steps. Lois, could you press star one to unmute, please? Sorry. This is, this is Lois, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm happy to be here this morning and to have the privilege of reading the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove these, our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to those people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to, t to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and, under uh, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Uh, Twelve, excuse me. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lois. I will now ask Anne S. to read the Twelve Traditions. Hi, good morning. My name is Anne. I am a compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. The 12 traditions 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except matters affecting, affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Anne. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 58 at the top of the page. And I will ask Paula to please begin. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. It says, Chapter 5, How It Works. Rarely have we seen a person feel who has thoroughly followed our paths. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. You know, we have a wonderful, we backed into here with um, 
we agnostics reading that chapter, and there was a, uh, a cornerstone fixed in place, and it starts here. How it works, may I tell you, it works well. We follow the direction. It says, really, have we seen a person fail who is thoroughly, and that was the word. What does thoroughly mean? Fully, entirely, completely. See, even when fully conceded, I somehow dropped the word fully. And here, thoroughly, it has to be fully. Followed a path. No diverting off. And then I would love to say that throughout here we see a wonderful word. And this is the word that can set you in the right direction always. Honest, honesty, and honest. Three times it's mentioned in this paragraph. They're incapable of being honest with themselves. Oh, Lord knows. Who did I lie the most to? Me. Me. And I continued to try to believe the lie, even though I knew it wasn't true. And then again, it says it uses the word. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living. And that's it. A manner of living, which demands you have to have it. Rigorous honesty. Again, it uses the word. Ah, and then it ends with, there are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity, and here we have it yet again, to be honest. They're the thread through the whole paragraph. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Esther? Hello, this is... Uh, Esther, why don't you go ahead and then we'll catch the next person. Okay, thank you. Good morning. My name is Esther. I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada. I just wanted to address the title of this chapter, How It Works. Um, we're about to learn um, what I need to do to experience the recovery that we've been discussing and reading about in the previous chapters. And this chapter is not called Why It Works. So, you know, Overeaters Anonymous and our and my sponsor is not in the business of telling me why I eat compulsively or or just why I was a compulsive overeater and not, you know, not my other siblings. When I became a compulsive overeater, this is not um this is an outside issue to what I need to do in the program of recovery. It's important for me to um stay focused and also at which time that I carry the message to just simply carry the message of how it works and not to get distracted um you know, into the whys, because for years I thought if I sat in the therapist's office, uh, in, the, in the therapist's office and, you know, lay there on the couch talking and talking and talking about my background that I would figure out why I ate compulsively and then I would stop. And none of this is, is going to be addressed. Rather, I'm just going to be told what was done by those who came before me and, and how it works and, and how I, too, could follow their path and achieve that recovery. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. And would anyone else like to share on what was read? It's Edimi. Edimi, go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Edimi, very gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Honesty. Um, the Greek word for honesty is kalos, which means is good and admirable and becoming. To be honest means to be fair, right, and honorable. It's to make honesty as a way of life. You know, if we're dishonest, then we start to believe in our own lies. And then we lose that ability distinguishing between what is true and what is a lie. And it, it's also a way to get 
closer to God is to be honest and um if we believe in our lies, then we move away from God, we we move away from others, and we move away from our true self. So it's about doing what is right in God's eyes. And um, <clears throat> we speak, God speaks through others, so we need to follow the right people that go on the right path towards God. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Adimi. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Rose. Rose, go ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm Rose. I'm a, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, in regards to honesty, um, when I was reading through this um, chapter with my Big Book Step Study sponsor, um, for thoroughly, really, we, have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path? And thoroughly, a definition I have is painstakingly detailed and um, for me what happened was that thoroughly following the path of the program is what um, I believe got me honest as a um, compulsive overeater because when I became painstakingly detailed with weighing and measuring my food telling another person what I was going to eat that day and only eat that. Um, as Esther was saying, um, being uh, cut off from God, <laughs> to say the very least, with um, uh, lying, uh, layers and layers and layers of lying, which now that the food is down, and the facts are being written out um, in a fourth step thoroughly, in, in a painstakingly detailed way of thoroughly writing out the behavior that that preceded um, the food addiction, the compulsive overeating, and and as each sentence or each uh, memory God is giving me of of the dishonesty of the layers of lies um, and until the abstinence was given to me as a gift from God I did believe that I was naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty I mean I, I was believing that with practically my whole heart that was very cut off from God, that was practically completely cut off from God, and that my chance was less than average, and that I had grave emotional and mental disorders. And I did accept the thread that I was not picking up or surrendering to was asking God for the help to surrender and how that happened on May 1st this year is clear in my mind, but yet I wouldn't be able to define it yet um, as to how it all happened, but it happened. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from South Jersey. How it works. You know, this is Chapter 5. 
I've often heard this said, this is the most read and, re- and least listened to chapter. Because how many of us open our meetings with this and we're too busy getting our books out or we're coming in late to the meeting and we can probably recite it like we did our childhood prayers, but we don't really see what it says. You know, because this is the crux of what is going to get us that freedom from compulsive overeating. But it's also chapter five. You know, and what if we took a child and we gave him a math book and we sat him down and we opened it up to chapter five in calculus and we said, do calculus. You know, I, don't, I know you don't know how to add and subtract yet. I know you don't understand fractions or multiplication, but I want you to start at chapter five and do some calculus. That seems insane. But how often do we do that when newcomers in the meeting? Oh, read how it works. It'll tell you about the steps. And they don't understand. And they run away. They, they're, 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 this is too complicated. So it says here, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Well, why can't I or why will I not completely give myself? Because I haven't come to the conclusion. This is steps, beginning of step three. The doctor's opinion, Bill's story, there is a solution. What about alcoholism? We agnostics. That helps us come to the conclusions of number one, that we are powerless over food and that our lives have become unmanageable. It helps us come to the conclusion that we have to find a power greater than ourselves that's going to restore us to sanity. It helps us understand that we are insane. And those two steps will help us come to the decision to turn our life and our will over to God. And then I will become completely willing to give myself to this simple program. So how it works is essential. But in order for us to come to that decision, in order for us to submit to the simple program, we have to study these pages prior to this. It is 70, over 70 pages that gets us to this point to understand how it works. And this meeting has started in July. It's now November 6th, and we're just getting to how it works. That's how essential it is. And I just want to read the first couple sentences of the forward to the first edition. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. So what is the goal? What is the aim? It's to become recovered. And how do we do that? We walk through this book and they'll give us precisely how they, those first 100, have recovered. So how it works and as essential it is, the reason that we're going to be willing to submit to this simple program is because of all the, the, the studying, all the practice, all the conclusions and decisions that we have come to in the first 57 pages plus the 11 pages of the, uh, of the doctor's opinion. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Good morning, it's Leah. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead. Hey, Christy. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to focus on this part. Rarely have we seen a person fail. You know, oftentimes you'll hear people say, you know, I tried that 12-step thing. You know, that doesn't work. Um, you know, it's not that the 12-step thing <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, 12 steps works 100% of the time. You know, it said in... 1939, when they pen these pages, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail. 
And that's as true today on November 6, 2012, as it was then. Um, except you got to get to the punchline, right? you got to read further. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. You know, so it's about thoroughly following this path. You know, people like, like us, real compulsive overeaters, uh, we, we fail at this thing more often than not because we're not thoroughly following the path. Not because it doesn't work, but because we don't want to work it the way it's written. And, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. There is a path. There are clear-cut directions. Uh, what Kim just said, you know, we're in Chapter 5 here. We've had a lot of preliminary information, and that preliminary information is so vital in the rooms. You know, the doctor's opinion hardly ever gets touched in the rooms. Uh, you know, all these chapters that we've been spending time bringing to life, that is necessary to get to where we're at right now. Because now it's time to get down to business. Now it's time to get down to the main object of the book. And the main object of the book is to show us how to find that power greater than ourselves so that we can recover. So it's not that the program of recovery doesn't work. It's, it's that we won't we won't f- thoroughly follow this path, which is, you know, um, which is, you know, such a, such a sad statement because although the answer is available to us and, and suggestions are given in these pages that can arrest your disease and enable you to start a whole new life, people have no enthusiasm to pursue that. And that is a sad thing. It says those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Do you see how it emphasizes those who do not recover? That's what the the aim and the goal and the objective of the program is, is to recover, to, to expel that obsession of the mind. And that will happen for you if you thoroughly follow this path. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move Hi, on? This to the is next Rick, one? the food addict. Go ahead, Rick. Thank you. Um, I've been in the fellowship since 1978. Um, I have found that, quite frankly, preachy teachyism um, and judgmentalism, and you should, should, doesn't really work with newcomers. Uh, love and compassion does. Um, in the early history, after Bill W. had his hot flashes and, and, and spiritual insight in, in, the, uh, in the hospital, he came out and he would say to, he would say to newcomers, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and this is how it works. And quite frankly, he got nobody sober. It was Zip. Uh, and he went to Lois and said, I, I've got nobody sober. And Lois said, well, at least you've stayed sober. It was when he was in Akron and his ass was on fire and he was ready to go down the tubes and where all the preaching teachism had left Bill W. that he met Dr. Bob in desperation to stay sober. And that's when it really clicked. 
And that's when the first time that he was able to pass it on. And uh, I really try to remember that when working with newcomers. Anyway, my name is Rick. I'm a food addict. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Linda from Connecticut. I'd like to share if I may. Sure. Linda, go ahead. Hi, I'm Linda. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. <clears throat> I hope this is politically correct. <clears throat> it seems I've been in OA almost 30 years, and now I'm recovered. And uh, when we started around here, I'm in central Connecticut, we used the big book. And then we graduated, in quotes, to our own literature. And... Much of that is good, and a lot of it's very confusing. And so um, I got lost for a period of time. But I kept doing a Big Book as best I could, almost in isolation. And uh, it was f- from finding uh, particularly visions uh, meeting that uh, brought me back to the Big Book and uh, solidified my recovery. So I think it's really vital to... Uh, for me, it was vital for me to realize that not on purpose, there's a terrific amount of confusion from the literature itself if it's not the big book. And uh, people are dying like flies where I am. So I am thrilled to be with Visions, and I thank you. I pass. Thank you, Linda. Let's move to the next paragraph. Eddie, would you please read? Good morning, all. This is Eddie in Virginia, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Happy to be here this morning. Happy that you're all here with me this morning. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we, were, what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Well, this is certainly describing me um, for many years, um, knowing that um, I had an issue with food, but uh, thinking that I could control it myself and looking always for the magic bullet, the easier, softer way to go and finding fleeting, temporary, very temporary success, and always going back to the food. Um, in a, and always it seemed every time I went back to the food in a, a stronger, more potent way that it called to me. And it was not until um, I was desperate enough um, to seek out um, something that I you know, hadn't tried before. It was probably the only thing I hadn't tried before was Overeaters Anonymous. And even then, uh, the first time I went into the rooms, um, again, I was not willing that I had that underlined and highlighted in my book, are willing to go to any length to get it. I was not there the first time I went. Um, And I lasted two or three meetings, and I was gone. 
And then six months later, and probably 50 or 60 pounds heavier, you know, I came back because as someone had, someone else once said to me, it was the last house on the block. And it wasn't because I wanted to be here. It was because I just didn't know where else to go. So um, I, w- I liked what Kim was saying earlier about, you know, we we start in the middle and, um, and you know, we don't start at the beginning with the basics. Um, you can't get anywhere in any type of, of, of uh, knowledge unless you have the basics, what makes it work, how it works, why it works. And to me, the why it works, and that was important for me. I mean, um, I started when I started, and I really got into the program, and then I had to find out why it worked, but that was a separate issue for me. You know, I just knew that it worked. I knew people in the program that, it had, that the problem had been solved in because they were working these steps. And when I started working the steps, I didn't understand why. But now I have a, a better inkling of why I ate. But, you know, even if I didn't have that, this program would work because when I finally realized that I, was, I had to be willing to go to any length to get it, I got it. And thank God I've been able to hold on to it for the last seven years. And so, you know, I just, when I talk to people, I, you know, I just try to impart to them that, you know, this is uh, the, the best and the only way that I found that gives you true, not only, not only your normal body size, because that's why, let's face it, most of us come into this program, we're looking for a normal body size, but it gives you the peace that you crave, that sometimes you don't even know you crave, the peace in your life that enables you to live day by day in serenity and in harmony, not only with the people around you, but with the God that created you. And that's what this program gave me. And later on, I figured out some of the whys, but it didn't matter because the program gave me that when I was willing to go to any length to get it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Eddie. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Janice. Uh, Janice and then Paula. Go ahead, Janice. Thank you. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, here we are, here we are in How It Works, Chapter 5, and rarely, rarely, they said, had we seen a person fail who had thoroughly followed our path. There was this great hope starting out. But in this paragraph, they reminded me, our stories, our stories, the story. Janice? Uh, we cannot hear you. Paula, why don't you go ahead? Oh, wait. Can you hear me all right, Christy? I can now. Now we can oh, hear thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm so sorry. You know, this this great hope that we start out with in How It Works came about partly for me because of your stories. It says our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, excuse me, what happened and what we are like now. So if I had been listening, if I had been listening and in my desperation I was listening, how was I going to come to that decision? If you have decided you want what we have, will you taught me all of the things that come before this chapter? And what I was willing to be is I was willing to no longer be defiant. I was willing to no longer be non-compliant. I was willing to no longer be oppositional. I was ready 
to open my ears and hear you. And you disclosed to me what had happened to you, that you had been like me so I could identify. And it all began to make sense. The doctor's opinion and more about alcoholism and Bill's story. Bill's story disclosed in a general way what he was like and what happened and what he was like now. And together with the other stories that I heard and the people standing in front of me, I could understand the problem and I could see it was my problem. I could see it was my problem. And if it was my problem, then I could make that decision. You know, I needed those clear stories. I needed that three-point message of what it used to be like, what you used to be like, and what happened to you, and I could see what you were like now. I could see that. And when I saw that, I could be ever so willing to go to any lengths to get what you got, to do what you did, and get what you got. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Paula, go ahead. This would be Paula, recovered compulsive overeater. Boy, those are just so packed here. We have step one, and then we have it. Some of these we balked. Oh, you bet we did. You bet we did. And I would be not thoroughly honest if I did. I said I didn't. I did. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. I looked for years for that easier, softer way. But then it tells you, but we could not. And here I am. But I love, I see the such love here with all the earnestness at our command. Everything we have in earnest is ardent in the pursuit of an object, eager, zealous, serious. All of that at our command. We beg of you. Now look at they're not just at, we're begging you because we know. We know the outcomes. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough. And it doesn't say here in the middle, somewhere along the way, from the very start. It's got to be from the beginning, that first step, that total surrender. You know, I want to end with, as it did here in this sentence, some of us have tried to hold on to old ideas. Oh, didn't we, though? And let me tell you, I held on with clenched fists. And the result was nil. And I couldn't go nowhere. I was holding on so tightly, but oh my, until we let go. Each finger that unraveled, each time I let my will go into God's will, until we let go, absolutely. Now there a word. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Well, I'm Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, I think more than anything, when I walk into a meeting, it's the stories. It is the stories. I love the stories. I love the stories. And, um, you know, what I, what I needed to hear, what I needed to hear is someone who had walked through and gotten to the other side. What I needed to hear is what it describes in the first edition, the forward to the first edition, the forward to the first edition, people who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, like Kim read earlier. That's what I needed to hear. That's what I needed to hear. I did not need to hear people in whom I could commiserate in a current state of um, addiction with. That's not what I needed. That is not what I needed. I could do plenty of that commiserating on my own. 
I could do plenty of that on my own. What I needed was a message of hope. I needed a message of hope, and what gave me hope was people who described what they used to be like, and their stories resonated with me. The details might have been different. You know, maybe they stole Halloween candy from their kids. Well, you know, I didn't have kids, but I certainly understood what it was like to lie, cheat, and steal to get what I wanted. I could, you know, I knew what it was like to steal candy from, you know, my siblings. I, I, I mean, I, you know, I resonated. I resonated with their stories. And then they talked about what happened. What happened? They were presented with, you know, or, you know, understood that they had a, a state of mind and body that was seemingly hopeless. They had a physical allergy where they were, you know, allergic or had an abnormal reaction to certain foods, whatever those foods were, those trigger foods. And the greater aspect of their disease they understood was the obsession of the mind. And what they had done is they had applied the principles of the program, they'd worked the steps, and they'd gotten through to the other side. They'd grown away from wanting that first bite. They'd grown away from wanting that first bite of food. It didn't mean that they, you know, their problem had been solved and they never had to come back to a meeting again. You know, it meant that they were recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that's what I needed to hear. You know, I didn't, you know, I mean, I spent years, I spent years in the room saying, you know, I, uh, I'm having a little trouble with the food. Year after year after year, you know, when I've walked into my first OA meeting at 340 pounds, you know, I, I, I felt at home because I was there with other people who had fat serenity. You know, that's what I needed my first week. Okay, this is where I belong. And after that, I needed to hear from people who had gotten to the other side, were maintaining their weight, because that's what I wanted. I didn't want to weigh 340 pounds. You know, I finally got to the point where I could hear what you were saying over the, you know, loud crunching I was doing in the food. You know, finally, finally, the easier, softer way for me was the steps. You know, that was working the steps. This is the easier, softer way. This is the easier, softer way than the misery and pain and despair that I was in. This is way easier than that. This is way easier than that. You know, and whether it was that perfect recipe, if you will, of my desperation combined with people in whom the problem had been solved and, you know, the key of willingness and all those things that come together for whatever crazy reason they do that I have also been able to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I don't know. I'm just grateful that I was presented with people who had walked through, walked through to the other side and could, and could hold out their hand and say, come with us. Come with us. Come with us and your life can also be transformed. And it has. And it has. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who would like to share on what was read? This is Kim. And Leah. Kim, go ahead and then Leah. Thanks, Christy. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Now, there's some strong language in here. There's some absolute language in here. It says, thoroughly followed our path. Completely give ourselves the simple program. It demands rigorous honesty. Willing to go to any length. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough. 
you know, this is a program we have to dive in with both feet. You know, the result was nil. Nil means nothing. You know, as compulsive overeaters, if we go to a vending machine and we want to get our favorite candy bar and the candy bar costs a dollar, what do we think is going to happen if we put 40 cents in? Nothing. What if we put 70 cents in? Nothing. We can put 99 cents in that, in that slot, and we will not get that candy bar. It is only when we put the full dollar that we're going to get that candy bar. And we understand that. And we will dig in, in all the cushions of our car and our, and our, and our uh, couches to make sure we have that dollar. But yet when it comes to this program, we think, well, maybe if I put 30% effort in, I'll get something back. You know, I'm even willing to put 70% effort in if I can only get a 40% return. That's okay. But we have to pursue this, this program of recovery with the same, you know, vigorously as we did the food. You know, with Hurricane Sandy, if I was out of food and I was in my disease, I would have gone out in that hurricane to get some more Oreos. Without a doubt. But yet if I have off on a Tuesday, which I do today, oh, I don't want to get up and listen to a vision for you. That's a little bit too extreme. If my sponsor wants me to call her at 6 o'clock in the morning, that's a little bit extreme. You want me to give up all my binge foods? That's a little bit extreme. But if we want the results, we have to let go absolutely, which means we have to thoroughly submit it to this program. This program is suggested, but once we get into this program, there's a lot of have half to's, a lot of must, a lot of nevers. So I'm going to read them again. We have to thoroughly follow this path. We have to completely give ourselves to this program. This program demands rigorous honesty. We have to be willing to go to any length. We have to fearlessly and thoroughly go through this at the very start. And we have to let go absolutely. And let me tell you, it is absolutely worth it. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Leah, go ahead. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. So our stories, you know, the men and women who had recovered, who penned these pages for me, (laughs) you know, they are people who were caught in the quicksand of alcoholism, and God revolutionized their lives. These are people who recovered, and they told their stories, you know, and you can find them in the back of the book. And each individual in the back of the book, in those personal stories, stories describes in his own language and in his own point of view how he established a relationship with God. That's exactly what those stories are all about. It says our stories. You know, this is, these are over 100 men and women who recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body who pen these pages. It's their collective experience, their collective voice, their collective wisdom, and they wrote these clear-cut directions for people like me. Our stories disclose in a general way what they used to be like. You know, they were living in the gutter. They lost their homes, their families. They were losing their lives. They were locked up to be left, you know, and never see the light of day again. What we used to be like, what happened? Well, (laughs) they surrendered. They threw themselves at this program of recovery and what we are like now. You know, they had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Their, Their lives had transformed. Bill's story is just one of those examples. 
of, the, of, of his descent into the madness of alcoholism and how because he was willing to discard some old ideas, God came into his life and restored him to sanity and revolutionized his whole life. You know, it goes on to say, and that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what recovered people do for people like you and I. You know, recovered people are living proof of the program of recovery. You know, when, when I, a recovered compulsive overeater, or other people on the line tell our stories, um, you know, it's like a big show-and-tell operation because you hear from all of us, you know, young and old, black and white, men and women, Hispanic, Oriental, doesn't matter where you come from. But the program of recovery has transformed all our lives. And if that was possible for me and possible for the others on the line, it's possible for every single person. It says, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. You know, this is about, step three is about making a decision. It's about making a decision. Now that I've had the conclusion of mind about who I am, I'm a compulsive overeater, and that I can't, left to my own resources, conquer the obsession of the mind, then what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to make a decision. You know, I knew going into this process my life was on the line. I don't know about your disease, but I can tell you about mine that I was eating myself to death. I had already been locked up. I had already been walking around with the wristband for quite a while. Was I going to eat myself into the grave? Well, I was very close. I knew going in I was at the last house on the block when someone cracked open these pages for me. And the beauty is that on the one side, I had my experience of almost two decades of chronic, progressive, compulsive overeating, a mayhem of a life. And on the other, sitting across the table from me, was living proof of a person who had recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And I jumped in. You know, I jumped in. I made that decision. I took that pair of dice, and I threw it on the table. And I didn't even know what game we were playing. I had no idea what to expect in spite of my own crippled belief system, in spite of my own experience of mayhem, but I was ready to have, <laughs> because I wanted what they had. What did they have? They had a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. They had more than a food plan. They had more than just the simple elimination of binge foods. They had a whole new life. They had a sound life. They had a restored life, a reordered life, a renewed life, a whole new life, a whole new happiness due to a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. That's what they have. That's what I wanted, and that's what I got. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs? Press star one to unmute. We, I'm sorry, who was this? Oh, I'm no. sorry, this is Sonia. I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh, Sonia, go ahead. Yes, hi. I am, you know, I just am very grateful that I stumbled into rooms where people were very clear about the path and what worked and exactly what it's laid out here in the beginning of how it works. Um, because in doing that, I could not leave 
and say that I didn't know. I was clear that I was either doing it or I was not doing it, and only doing it will bring me recovery. So I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Would anyone else like to share on these two paragraphs before we move on to the next ones? Why don't we move on? Marsha, are you available to read? I am. Can you hear me? Awesome. Thank you. I sure can, Marsha. Go ahead. Hi. Thank you, Christy. Good morning, A Vision for You. I'm Marsha. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here. Thank you. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Past measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. I will stop there. And we we deal with food. It's not quite alcohol, but it is my alcohol. Um, and it is cunning. It is baffling. And it is powerful to me. Um, I lived in a world growing up where that was my solace, food was my solace, it was my friend, it was my companion, and when everything was crumbling around me, it was the thing that held me together. It was a coping mechanism that was um, salvation and destruction all wrapped up in one. Um, For me, it was my greatest love, and it was the thing that was killing me, and um, and it was cunning, and it was baffling. It was powerful. It was insidious. Um, it was sneaky. It was. It was. It was my 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 lover, my bad bad guy lover in in every powerful in every way. And and it was too much for me. But being the uh, willful person that I was, I thought that I could do it. I thought that I could handle this. I was smart. I was capable. I was certainly, um, I certainly knew what I needed to do. It was just a simple matter of putting down the food. But I, I re- finally had come to realize after working, walking through the doors and started working the program as it's supposed to be through the big book, in my opinion, I finally realized that I was not at all. I had no power over this. And, and okay, now that I don't have power, I, what do I do? There, there has to be something outside of myself. There is one that has all power, and that one is God. And I love how they say, may you find him now. May you find this power now. They are making prayer for you, this, this wish for, for us that, that we find this power greater than ourselves so that we can be restored to sanity. And half measures availed me absolutely nothing. And it's just like somebody had said earlier, I can't put in 70 cents into a machine and expect to get a dollar's worth of something out of that machine. Um, So here we are, you know, we recognize, I recognize that half measures availed me nothing. I I did half measures for the first 12 years of working OA. And... It availed me nothing. In fact, I got myself into a severe relapse for nearly four years. And that's because I had done half measures. I was not willing to work this program thoroughly and utterly completely 
to get through the step. I was not willing to do that. So now, after I'd come back and I was back in the rooms, I stood at the turning point. And now, after working the steps with my sponsor and I finally got to step two, I said, I asked that protection and care was complete abandon. I completely gave myself to my higher power and said, okay, I'm done. I, I, I cannot do this. I am absolutely powerless. I know this to 100% of my being. I can't do this. I know God can do it. I must let God do this for me. I must let him take, take me from this despairing, you know, almost human to somebody who actually recovered today. And uh, I, I just couldn't be more grateful, couldn't be more grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marsha. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is yeah, Anne-Marie. Um, Anne-Marie, go ahead, and then we'll catch the next person in a minute. Okay. Hi, this is Anne-Marie, Recovered Compulsive Eater. Uh, remember, alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. That phrase, just that remember alcohol, got me into a position where this is not going to work for food. This is not, this food is different. I remember thinking that, believing that with all my heart. I remember listening to people that were recovered saying they must have slipped once in a while um, because this is, it's not possible. Alcohol, you just put it down. But food is too confusing. There's just too many, too many um, variances, variables, I should say. And... Um, I'm going to tell you that I am recovered today. This is through the grace of God and that it's not different. I know what my binge foods are. And I put it, I'm an alcoholic as well. I put those binge foods down just like I put the alcohol. So it doesn't matter whether it's alcohol, food, sex, gambling, whatever, spending money, whatever. It doesn't matter. I need to put the substance down. And what they're talking about in the big book of alcohol synonymous is alcohol. What has affected me was certain binge foods. And I really had to come to believe that this was a, a twofold disease, physical and, and mental, and that I did have a physical addiction to certain substances. I don't even like to call it food. I, I, it feels better for me to call it substances. Um, so once I put those substances down, those certain binge, binge foods down, then it doesn't matter. It's all cunning, baffling, and powerful, no matter what, what it is. And um, I just, you know, I was one of those people who just didn't believe that anyone, you know, I know people said that they were recovered, but I was, hundred percent sure that they had slips here and there and you know I just <laughs> I couldn't believe it but I, I am here to say that I am recovered through the grace of God and um, just very very grateful and it, it really doesn't matter what it is alcohol or food thank you thank you so much uh, we've got time for one more I heard someone else jump in just before we close up if you'd like to share Yes. Uh, good morning. My name is Tony, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, I just wanted to connect with uh, 
this this chapter and how it works. For me personally, um, it's it's the question is 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 it going to be either life or death? And um, it's like how it works for me is like I'm I'm, I'm standing in front of my a mirror. And the mirror is looking right at me, and it's telling me that this is where it's at. And um, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Um, it's my gift of desperation. Am I willing to be at the turning point so that I can abandon who I am as a person for what you guys are going to offer for me? And um, I'll just close it up with the part where Bill Wilson talks about an alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are various, variously strenuous, comic and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. When I read that and I see that connection with how it works, it's pretty much telling me that gastro bypass is not how it works. Having my stomach staple is not how it works. It's the solution is to find that power grid in myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Tony, and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie please read a vision for you? This is Katie, a compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank you, Katie. I will ask everyone to press star one to unmute.